Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. There's been a lot of talk about this next podcast. Maybe, maybe too much talk. This is not a rebel podcast. This is Worcester Cultural Watch, and I am Seaman, Craig L. Seaman. And today we're here to celebrate a historic rock event that happened June 28, 1983, and celebrate its 35th anniversary this week on Thursday, June 28, 2018. And that is the first time you two ever played the Worcester Centrum. And I remember it like yesterday. With me in the studio tonight is my very special guest, the biggest YouTube fan in Central Mass, and arguably the biggest YouTube fan on the planet, Patty Riando Ellis. Patty Riando Ellis is such a big fan that people in the YouTube fan community call call her Patty Riando Electrico. <laughs> Hi, Patty. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Craig, for having me. Uh, I, this uh, this is going to be a treat for uh, me and also for our viewers. I'm our viewers, our listeners. I'm sure. So, before going down where memory lane lanes have no name, tell our listeners how big of a YouTube fan you are, Patty. I like to think that there's not a bigger fan than me in this part of the state at all. But um, I have to admit that my siblings are right there with me, so we don't miss a show. We haven't missed a tour, and um, every single possibility I have to have you two interface, I take advantage of. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were in a vigorous campaign to win a beach party with you two recently oh, with a radio. So tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> so um, one of the local radio stations has you can an, say it. <laughs> has an uh, annual um, beach party, so mixed beach house. And um, as soon as I heard that YouTube was going to be their guest, so you win the beach house for a week. It's actually this week right now as we speak. Oh, really? And um, they have a special guest come and perform a private concert at the beach house. And this year's special guest was YouTube. So as soon as I heard that, I started trying to qualify. It was so exciting. One of my sister-in-laws qualified the second day as a finalist, and I qualified, I think, a few days later. So the two of us had a chance to win. We were one of 370 finalists to win the Beach House with you two. Now, because I saw your Facebook campaign on this, is it was the contestants picked at random or was it someone who actually showed that they were the biggest fan? Yeah, you had to call in. So you had to be like the 20th caller on um, the 20s. And uh, so, you know, there were a limited number of opportunities to do that over the course of a month. And um, and then they drew randomly from the people who won those um, individual call-ins. Oh, so it doesn't necessarily, because you unfortunately lost that and you would have invited me as one of your 20 or of so course, guests Craig, you piped right in so <laughs> uh that doesn't mean you're not the biggest fan it's that just has nothing a luck of a draw that. right I, I was a little disappointed holding my phone when i knew they were drawing the finalists uh, with my youtube gear on in my office <laughs> at work drinking out of my youtube mug and uh, for good luck and um you know waiting for the phone to ring and i could hear ringing and my phone was not ringing so uh, it was pretty disappointing but now, uh, not to uh, cause any trouble, I know we're both, well, at least you're a respectable citizen. Do we know where the show is this week? 
So um, it is in, on the Cape in Bourne, and um, I don't know what day they're doing it. So by process of elimination, I was looking at the tour dates, so we knew that they were in Boston last weekend. Saturday or Sunday could have been the days, but I don't think it's happened yet, and I think today or tomorrow are the other two possibilities. So. And why are you talking to me and not in Bourne right now? Why aren't we both there yeah, trying to find out the right place? What are we doing tomorrow? Maybe that's where we should be I mean, be how tomorrow. hard could it be to find it? Right. I don't know. I mean, you're going to hear it. do a little sleuthing. <laughs> God, that, wow. Now, uh, Patty, we both uh, went to, not that our listeners would know that, but we both went to the same Worcester High School and graduated in the same class. We won't say what class because we don't want people to know how old we are because we're still very youthful That's and right. young. Uh, and we went to Burncoat. And when we went to Burncoat, correct me if I'm wrong, we were listening to bands like the Stones, Zeppelin, The Who, and Pink Floyd, all which were still around for all practical purposes and still putting out big albums, including Tattoo You, right. And Through the Outdoors, Who Are You, The Wall. No one was really playing U2 on the radio until the band's third album, War, came out. It was pretty much a college staple with their first two albums, right. Boy and October. So how were you introduced to U2? Yeah, I think the first time I heard U2 was when I was in college. I started to hear them on the college radio station and instantly loved their music. It was different, it was edgy, and really loved it. And when the War album came out, I bought it. And I love that album. I absolutely adore that album. It's my favorite, probably because it was the first album I ever bought of U2, but I still think it's some of their best work. I really do. I would agree with you. I would probably say that's my favorite. It's between that and Toss Up with Boy, with Octung Baby being the third. Yeah, Octung Baby is another awesome. <laughs> yeah, as I always refer to when I reference it, the last U2 masterpiece. Uh, There's been good stuff, yeah. but that was the one beginning to end, and yeah. that the fact that we were treated to Acrobat oh at this tour, awesome. I mean, the, for the first yeah. time. Yeah, it was great. And I'm hoping they do the same thing with uh, Octung Baby that they did with the Joshua Tree. Yeah, that would be fabulous, because that show at the Centrum was oh. one of the best concerts I've ever been to. How cool was that? It was so <laughs> amazing. It was really just... The video, the video screens behind them, yeah. were, it was a blitz of energy. The entire show was amazing. You couldn't, you didn't know where to look. It was like all of this which, buzz. Which was also the last, I didn't mean to interrupt you, uh, but it was also the last time you two played. Right. Yeah, at the, at the central. They got a little too big. After yeah, that. yeah, which is unfortunate because. Uh, uh, I believe they played two nights on the Zoo, Zoo TV I tour. I think they played two nights there. And, and then, they did the St. Patrick's Day show at the Ghana, which right. I was also at. And then they started going to the uh, Fox, Foxborough, Bro. not Chillout, Foxborough. Right. And and I saw, I caught all those shows. And, and actually, at that time, probably like you, uh, from the war show that we're going to be talking about in great lengths, to every show at the Centrum, plus the... I, I, I saw every show that they ever played at the Centrum. Yeah. Probably you did, too. Yeah, I, I missed a few at the Centrum because okay. uh, I was in school in, in uh, Southeastern Mass. And so <laughs> I didn't get to all the Centrum shows, but um, I did get to see all of the tours. So, yes. Yeah, so it just didn't make every single yeah, show. Yeah, I think uh, I was seeing every show in the Bay State from more on uh, through Elevation. And then I think that's when I started maybe one show a tour, but I, I haven't missed a tour. Yeah. So, and uh, now for me, 
uh, although uh, one of our fellow classmates, uh, Eric Hundorf, I don't know if you remember yeah. that name. I remember when he was going to uh, Holy Cross, he did have the Boy album. Uh, and I think that was before, yeah, the uh, War album came in. And, and it was an interesting album. So that was the first place I heard it. And, and then when uh, New Year's Day broke, I mean, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, I think they were playing on the radio first. Right. But when New Year's Day broke, that does changed everything for me. Yeah, those two songs are, I mean, the entire War album is awesome, but those two songs are just phenomenal. They, yeah. The beat and the energy behind them and the message is just amazing. And the, the sheer earnestness mm-hmm. behind the songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, these were gut-wrenching songs. Right. And, I, and when I hear New Year's Day, I'm like, wow, that instantly grabbed me. And then the video... Right. <laughs> Showing how cool the band was. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm like, wow. And then actually my uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, which they, for some reason, don't play anymore, Two Hot Speed is One. Yeah. I haven't, I don't remember the last time I saw, I heard that song. Well, I did some checking. I think the last, they stopped playing it in like 85. Wow. And then they played it once during the Innocence and uh, Experience Tour in New York. I have no idea why they retired that song. Yeah, it's one of the best songs on the War album. Yeah. And um, again, very upbeat energy. And um, maybe we can request that for the next time. It's the one I've been asking yeah. for forever. <laughs> I mean, uh, and uh, so would you say you're obsessed with you two? Or? Yeah, that, my husband would say I'm a little obsessed with you two. <laughs> He's very tolerant. Um, usually, um, it's really only been the last few tours that I've had the opportunity to you know, buy tickets for more than one show. They've gotten to be pretty pricey. So, you know, it's a it's a big deal. Yes. It's a big commitment. Um, so he usually will go to one show with me. And then after that, it's my sisters and my brothers who are also enormous YouTube fans who tag along. So and obviously, like me, you are a member of their fan club. Oh, absolutely. And you've probably been 20 plus years yeah, like me. For a long time, probably not 20 plus years, but for a long time. Yeah. Have all of those special albums and books yeah. and gifts <laughs> and all the fun stuff. It's a good that fan club. That. It's great. It's, it's awesome. Good. And, uh, and I remember when, you know, you could get like the GA tickets for 50, mm-hmm. for, I think, uh, like for Elevation and stuff uh, tour. And uh, actually, the Elevation tour, the first night, the one that they filmed the CD, the DVD, mm-hmm. you can see me jumping during oh, Elevation. My, now I'm going to have to go watch it. Yeah, just briefly. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like me jumping in 83. Yeah. Jumping in 83, I was practically mm-hmm. hitting the roof. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, be, uh, this part of what a put of a perspective, which you probably know anyways, but for our listeners, before playing the Centrum, you tr- you two played five previous times in the Bay State. They played December 13th, 1980, to a practically empty house at the Paradise Rock Club mm-hmm. in Boston for their for their debut album, Boy. And Bono's even, you know, whenever he mentions that, you know, that was one of our first shows, people start screaming like they were there, and he's like, there was only twenty or forty people yeah, there, so you, you all were. Yeah, I'm sure you heard them say that. And then, uh, in November fourteenth, eighty one, they played the Orpheum Theater in Boston. And March sixteenth, eighty two, UMass Amherst to promote October, and then two sold out shows, May fifth and sixth, eighty three, once again at the Orpheum to promote the breakthrough release War. Then on June twenty eighth, when we were there. Everything changed for you too, and rock fans in the Bay State. How did your life change when you first saw you too, Patty? I 
I've always loved music, and I probably hadn't been to many concerts before then. Um, Centrum was still relatively new, so it was a great venue locally to be able to go and see concerts. And um, I remember feeling after that show like, if this is what live music is, I don't <laughs> think it compares at all to the albums. It just has such amazing energy. And those four characters who I've come to love, come to know a lot about them. Um, but when I first saw them on the stage, they just grabbed me. The, the right. music already had. I love the music. But watching them perform and the way they just engaged the audience and really invited you to be part of it with them was like nothing I had experienced before. It wasn't a passive experience. It was like, you're coming to the show, you're going to be in it with us. Yeah, it was exhilarating and cathartic. It was like a spiritual. It was. <laughs> it was. It was amazing. And uh, you two, uh, I think we both agree with this, is arguably the greatest rock and roll band to emerge out of the 80s. A band whose live shows used to resemble religious epiphanies more than your average rock concerts. And despite them playing to a quarter million people and stealing the show at the US Festival in California a few weeks earlier to the June 28th, 83 show, which I had tickets for at the US oh, Festival, God. I had the bus uh, ticket to get it. Uh, it cost me $30 for the ticket, $35 for the bus thing. I was out on the West Coast at the time, and my aunt at the time said, you can't go like the day before. And then, then my sister's boyfriend told me the next day, I don't know if I should tell him that they stole the show. <laughs> but I, and then actually, the only reason why I came home was because I had uh, the tickets for the so June 28th there? show. Yeah, And uh, and uh, the show at the Central was billed as their first headlining gig. And uh, U2's inaugural Central show was the highest grossing concert yet for them. And the largest crowd they played to up to that point as a headlining act. And it still wasn't sold out. It was 10,000, give or take. And for me, it was the first time that I had tears of exaltation streaming out of my eyes during a concert. Yeah, it was amazing. And uh, what else do you remember? Where, where were you sitting then? So I wasn't on the floor. I was, um, you know, one level up on the side. Um, so that if you're facing the stage to the right. Okay. And um, I just, you know, I remember um, I didn't know a lot of their music before war. So really right. the songs from war were the ones that I really resonated with. And just um, I remember the audience, like, like you described, jumping up and down, oh. really being so exuberant. Um, Bono, of course, with his antics on the stage, just, you know, like nothing I had seen before. Yeah. And, of course, that continues to this day. Bono plays to the crowd no matter how right. much we've all aged. He still grabs me at a show, and um, <laughs> and I can't take my eyes off of them. I've, I've really come to love all four of them, but, you know, Bono just at that time was just – he was he was asking people this you know this is me pay attention to me I have something to say and I want right. you to hear it and it was just an electric audience it was amazing to me and I was actually surprised and happily surprised how political he was on the last tour or making statements because I've I've personally I I, I won't rag on innocent experience and experience in innocence but uh, I've been amazed how quiet he has been when the country's been or the world's been such a crazy place lately and the joshua tree even though it's a great album 
Dynamite album. The tour was incredible. The last one uh, a year ago was incredible. I love that. Show. I mean, that blew my mind away. And uh, but you know the stuff with Reagan and oh, yeah. and uh, and uh, Shawn and Hessen. It's like okay, that's the eighties. You really haven't. You've been kind of quiet about this, but <laughs> no turning back. He was making statements and he was making stands. Yeah, I think I saw um, last year, I saw the Joshua Tree and, and I agree with you that I think of all concerts I've ever been to in my life would probably be my top three. And yeah. probably because it was I know U2 doesn't do this, but for me it was a U2 hits tour. I mean, show. Right. And the first four songs that they started with, you know, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, New Year's Day, Pride and Bad are my four right. most amazing jump up and down, scream. I'm still hoarse from last week's show <laughs> and singing along to last week's show. Um, those four songs for me are the anthems, the YouTube absolutely. anthems that I absolutely love. So to kick that show off with those four songs and then do Joshua Tree, Top to Bottom, which I love that album. Um, I know it's their very pop, more commercial album, but I love every single song on that album. And then to finish strong with an ending, the um, I think the last song that I saw, I saw it three times. So I saw it in um, <laughs> Foxborough, New Jersey, and I actually went to New Orleans. They played on my birthday, so I bought oh, myself a ticket for my birthday. Happy birthday. And I uh, saw them in New Orleans in September, and um, it was just an awesome show. And I have to agree with you. You know, Bono will find his voice. He is pretty political. I have no problem with that. I and, and not because I agree with his politics or don't. I think that's what the band is all about. That's right. what their messages have always been. And, you know, I, I belong to a lot of YouTube fan groups on Facebook and Twitter. And there are a lot of people who complain about, you know, leave the politics behind, like your music, want to hear you sing, but leave that crap behind. And I, my reaction to that is, you don't know you too. If that's no, your absolutely opinion, not. You don't know them. You don't know what drives them. You don't know what inspires them. They have a lot to say, and I never wanted to stop hearing it. As far as I'm concerned, they could talk right. through half the show. I'd be happy with that because I appreciate their perspective. And um, not that I was going to get into the experience and innocent tour, but I mean, I was blown away how they did Pride in the name of love. I mean, as I, I said in my review, you know, I was, I mean, I was proud to be an American. I was proud to be, I mean, it was such a good show and it was relevant and it, and it uh, resonated. And, uh, and and going back to what you were saying about the last year's Joshua Tree, I think I wrote in my review that the first four songs was worth the price of admission right there. It, it absolutely was. The entire show yeah. was amazing. And the visuals were amazing. It was. And, for, and they were perfect for a stadium. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and my favorite Joshua Tree albums aren't the singles, so mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. It was great to hear because every song yeah, on that album, yeah, every song on that album is great, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was incredible. Now, that's a, a story I love telling. When you two tickets for the Centrum went on sale for the the show uh, June twenty eighth, eighty three, and it was, I think it was around March. Uh, New Year's Day and Sunday Body Sunday was getting radio airplay, as I already said, in two heartbeats. as one was about to be released as a single. Despite the band's slow breaking on the airwaves, I was already a big fan. I, I mean, I was hooked. And I, uh, I was listening to uh, War and Boy constantly and really dug the band, like you. 
And I remember going down to the Centrum the day the tickets went on sale. I went there at 9 o'clock. T- tickets were going on sale at 10. The limit was for 6, tickets for 6. And the face value for the tickets, brace yourself, audience, if you don't know this, twelve fifty a piece, $12.50 each. <laughs> and today the face value for you two tickets are more than 20 times that amount. And that's not even a resale thing. And there might have been 30 people waiting in line for you two tickets. So uh, being that I was the big U2 fan, and being that I'm spoiled even back then, I wanted the best possible seats I could get. So I went to the guy in front of the line and asked him if he could buy me two tickets. But he was somewhat of a jerk. And he kept saying, uh, why, why don't you wait? There'll be good tickets available by the time that you get in. I'm like, well... Because I'm such a big U2 fan, I want to get the best tickets I could. So I kept asking around, being a little pesty. I had an hour, 45 minutes probably then to figure out something. I could always get back in my place in line uh, to see if anybody would buy me a pair of tickets. And finally, a girl who was fourth in line said, I'll buy the tickets for you, but it's going to cost you. I'm like, okay, how much? $40 for the pair. So realize this. The girl made $15 on the tickets, which covered her ticket. I had two U2 tickets in the second row, dead center. And Bono was talking to me most of the night because I was wearing combat fatigues from head to toe. And uh, Bono would say, uh, uh, no more, and move the microphone away and say, Give me your hat. And I would be like, well, I get it back. And he kept shrugging me off saying, just give me the hat. And I said, no. Because if I gave Bonnell the hat, he would have put it on and threw, threw it out in the crowd. I would never have seen my hat again. And I am convinced, and I would, if I ever saw Bono, I would ask him this. I am convinced to this very day that if I gave Bono my hat that night, we would be close friends. I think that's true. <laughs> I think that's true because I've, you know, I've been listening. Um, Sirius XM has been playing a YouTube experience right. channel all month, so I'm very addicted to that. <laughs> and I'm, not that I don't have YouTube music playing all the time in my life, but what I've loved is the snippets from them yeah. in, that, in their little interviews. And one of the things Bono talks about in one of the snippets is how in the early days, how they really got to know a lot of their friends because right. they'd see the same people at shows and and that they actually had times when they had fans come and stay in their hotel room with oh, them. Oh wow! And you could have been one of those people. I could have been. Could a, be I could have been. A... Story. <laughs> I, be I hope one day. I hope one day to uh, do that. And uh, yeah, and 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 it did become like a YouTube family here because Worcester, uh, from for the next ten years, became. U2 Central for the Bay State. And their ties to the Boston area and Massachusetts were so strong anyways that, yeah, this became the place. And to show how long, I know you know this, to show how long ago the first U2 show was in Worcester, when U2 first played the Centrum, Paul David Hewson, a.k.a. Bono Vox, a.k.a. Bono, was only 23. David Howell Evans, a.k.a. The Edge, was only 21. Mm-hmm. 
Adam Clayton was only 23, and Larry Mullins Jr., which disturbed me the last show, wearing the glasses. Yeah. I don't like him wearing the glasses. <laughs> that means he's getting old. He's still a handsome... We're uh, not getting old. He's, he he's still a handsome son of a gun, yeah. but he's wearing glasses now. Yeah. He, he didn't have the glasses on the last tour, did he? No, I don't remember them last year. I think he had them on for part of okay. the Joshua Tree last year, but not for the whole Yeah, that, that, I mean, I don't like seeing Roger yeah. Daltrey with glasses. Yeah. I don't want to see... Uh, yeah. I remember you two... I mean, Bono can well, wear Bono his. He can wear off. his fly glasses, but yeah. uh, and these guys were on the uh, were young guys, yeah. and they were on the verge of superstardom, and and it was happening in front of us. So they, I mean, they were enjoying it as much as we were, and uh, and I always say it was exhilarating and awe inspiring back then to see a great band before they were great and watch them literally become great before one's eyes. Do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I mean, they had something magic, and um, they had a lot of confidence and passion for their music and their message. And um, you know, it's really fun to listen to them now talk about their early days and what they were thinking. And it's amazing to me. And they had some yeah. really grown-up thoughts for young guys. They yeah. had a lot of intensity, a lot of intention. Um, to listen to The Edge talk about how they would develop the songs and be in the studio and use it kind of as a playbook session to um, really develop an idea of a song, not necessarily going with the songs already written, right. and and how they, they just loved the art of what they did. Um, and I think... I think by some fate, they found each other and created an oh, intensity absolutely. that is amazing. And the fact that 40 years later, they are still as tight as they are, um, that they perform, that they've never taken a break. Right. I mean, there's been some long years where I've waited for concerts, yeah, right? Yeah. There's been big gaps. I mean, we've been um, spoiled. The last four years, we get three shows, yeah, three the, tours. It's been amazing. But before that, it seemed like we were like every five years. We were on an every yeah. five-year cycle. We'd get new music and a new tour. And um, But for them, it was all about you know living their life, but living it together in yeah, a way right. that they stayed connected. And, and their sound was so unique. Their vision was so unique. I mean, I never heard guitar work like that yeah. before The Edge. Right. <laughs> and you think of it about it, it's almost like they reinvented things because they were so honest and so pure. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that they came from Dublin, uh, you know, they probably were a bunch, I don't want to say farmers, but, I mean, they weren't rock stars. They, they... They 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 toyed their craft and they became this incredible outfit. And um, when you two played back on June twenty eighth, uh, nineteen eighty three, early in the set, Bono declared, "Tonight we're going to turn this large complex into a living room," and he did just that. Do you feel it is his or the U2's ability to convey that intimacy, whether playing in a small place, arena the size of the Centrum, or, the, or a stadium the size of Gillette, one of U2's biggest strengths? It, it absolutely is. And um, I think about all of the different sets they had over the years. Um, which which was the one, Craig, with the heart-shaped set? Was that Elevation Tour? Was that the I one think that was that, Elevation. Right? So I love that set because it's yeah. relatively simple. And it had a little it, pit thing. Yep, but yeah. it brought Bono way yeah. out it, the it, middle, it, it of, was the elevation, middle yeah. of the crowd. And I think that was like the first time I saw that in like yeah. a big stadium And that made it really show. intimate. And it was great because he would come out and then... 
um, after that, all of their stage sets have done the same yeah. thing, have in some way brought them out into the middle of the crowd. And um, the 360 tour, I had I had tickets. I mean, that, that claw thing, whatever the heck that was, yeah. was so ugly. But the video of it was pretty intricate. Was and it? Pretty phenomenal. And... Um, I the first I went to two shows at Foxborough. You're, and, you're braver than I. And um, one show did it for me. It was way too many people. Yeah, the um, first show I had nosebleed seats, so yeah. I really wasn't. Well, I was on the floor. Uh, actually, I got them through the the fan club, so they were close. But that to me, that thing was too massive, and I I was that was I was afraid at that show because it looked like there was sixty or eighty thousand people yeah, it was there. Yeah, I've never. I, I I had stress. I was stressing out, and I and to me, and then they they after that they 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 put it down a bit, a notch. But uh, did you like the three sixty tour? Yeah, I liked the tour. I liked the music. Um, it's not my favorite of all tours, yeah. but I liked it. But um, the second night, I was behind the stage, and that was. You know, that was, first of all, you're much lower, so yeah. it wasn't like way up to yeah. the top. And when you're way at the top section, you can't stand and dance. It's too steep right. to do that. It's like you feel like you're going <laughs> to fall over. So I didn't like those seats. But um, but I really, what I did love about it is um, some of the music. I've really enjoyed yeah. some of the songs. I mean, um, that album was really, I think, sort of, I think it's going to be one left behind. That's they no don't line. No line yeah. on the horizon. Yeah. And they haven't I gave played, that a good review. They haven't. I, I love the music. Yeah. They haven't played, I don't think, in the last any of um, the Innocence and Experience tours. They haven't touched that. They haven't, I don't think they've touched anything. that since that tour, have they? Yeah, no, I don't think so. And it has some really good songs. It, it does. So. I agree with you. Actually, but, I think I might even give it a four star review. Yeah. Thinking so. I might have been kissing uh, <laughs> Bono's. Uh, posterior on that one a little bit maybe i was hoping to get uh, on this good side but no it is a good album yeah i mean uh i'm not a big fan of the the last two albums but we won't <laughs> but we, i we can debate that. but i love how they they play out mm-hmm. live they've been phenomenal live and um back to june 28 83 what an incredible sellers if you recall you two opened with four songs from Boy. They played so many songs off Boy, it almost was like a tour for Boy. And I and I and, you know they played all of side one, which to me is incredible because that to me is a perfect side. Right. Out of control, Twilight, I'm caught dub. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And into the heart. And to me, I'm like, I I was in heaven, and. Uh, uh, and you, and for and did you know those songs yet? So I knew out of control. Yeah, um, I had heard that, but um, the other songs I hadn't. So, but they um, played out so well. They did. It was they? wonderful. It was, and again, like you said, it was the energy from that, and yeah. the fact that they started off with, okay, we're gonna tease you with music, and probably for a lot of people, they hadn't heard. I'm sure um, most of the crowd had know? never heard that. Right. I mean, out of control is a great opener. Right. It is a which I'm surprised they don't play more often. I am too. I think I. I think um, when I heard that, maybe in Jersey, oh, in 2011, maybe. Yeah, I, 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 think heard I, I, I think I've heard it in the last 10 years. Um, it was like, whoa, yeah. a song, a way throwback, which is an awesome song. It's oh, a it's great incredible. opener for them. A, a incredible song. I mean, you don't, you're amazed that I, they don't open every show with that. I mean, obviously, they, I mean, they usually favor the new album the last lately right. when they opened the show and do you have a favorite song off boy 
um, off boy, probably out of control. Yeah. And then, then four tracks from war. And a lot of these tracks I would love to hear again live. Surrender with Bonner waving the white flag to the crowd, which I would love to hear again. Two Hot Speed is one my, I believe, probably next to New Year's Day, my most favorite song. And it has to be the New Year's Day with the line about, so this is the golden age. <laughs> this abbreviated nonsense. Right. And for them to do that, finally, I think it was the last tour or the tour before that, when they finally say New Year's Day in its entirety. Um, I don't think it was the last tour. It must have been, Might the, have one been before the one before that. Yeah, okay. Seconds with uh, the Edge singing, right. which I would love to hear again. And, of course, Sunday Bloody Sunday, which you never get tired of. And they did another incredible job with last week. And uh, so what is your favorite song off war? Here's a more uh, difficult one. It's a hard one for me to choose from. Um, I want to say Sunday Bloody Sunday because that's like the mm. first song that really got me. And then New Year's Day, I would say, is, yeah. you know, they're really very close for me. It's hard to differentiate. New Year's but, Day still sends shivers yeah. down my spine. Yeah. It, they're both pretty powerful. They have powerful messages. The music is just amazing. It's just phenomenal. And... Um, last year, seeing the um, Joshua Tree tour and having Sunday Bloody Sunday be the start, it's just incredible, phenomenal. Yeah, I think I said uh, in the review I did that Larry Mullen practically Junior practically stole the show. Absolutely, <laughs> and it was right at the beginning. And you said War is your favorite album? It, no, hands down. Okay, and your favorite song would probably be Sunday Bloody Sunday, which you said. Right. And uh, and uh, yeah, and I would love if they did two hot speeders. Do you have a song that you would love to hear again live? Yeah, two hearts um, would probably be an amazing one in surrender because that again yeah. is just like you know bring it. Oh, back. could you picture if they played? You know what other song I would love to hear? And to my knowledge, they only played it on the Unforgettable Fire tour, and it's from Unforgettable Fire Wire. Wire. That's a great tune. And it, and he did such a great job with it when he did it live. And I don't know why they retired that one either. I mean, it's some great... Actually, I talk about how innocent an experience and experience and innocence I feel is better live than listening to the studio album. I remember listening to Unforgettable Fire the first time, which I'm sure you bought almost immediately, if mm-hmm. not immediately, like me. And some of uh, Eno's, I think it was Brian Eno's uh, production work, was a little murky. Mm-hmm. And to hear the songs live, especially Bad, it was like, wow, what an added dimension. Yeah, Bad is, um, you know, in with my siblings, we all have our favorite songs. Yeah. And Bad is, you know, like if there were three favorites, yeah. you know, Bad is one of them. But it has to be the live version. Yeah, the, the live because version. Because the one on the album that, is, right. a little, it, it, it's it, the elements are there. Right. And like even sort of Homecoming, which is almost, I don't want to say unlistenable on vinyl, but when they did it live, it was just fabulous. Right. And uh, after, so after four war songs in a row, you two erupted with Electric Co. <laughs> and October Cut, I Fall Down, which other greats, and they did Electric Co. recently on one of the tours, if I recall. Right. Um I don't think it was. I think it was last year. Yeah, so. I think it was too. And I mean, I fall. I fall down. I haven't heard. I don't think since that tour. And then, probably my favorite YouTube moment ever, especially the first time I saw them do it. The incredible pairing of October with New Year's Day, where the edge is trading off between guitar and 
piano. Uh, any thoughts about that, Patty? Just, um, I mean, like you, seeing the edge, he's so talented. His ability to just grab you with his music is amazing. And you're absolutely right. And that and the, that pairing was amazing in that show. And he's, you know, I, I think about him, how young he looked yeah. then, and how impressive it was just to watch him on stage be like the master of the music that they were trying to project. He was amazing. He had a skinny young guy yeah. who wasn't wearing a knitted cap yet, but his hair yeah. was receded. He's aged really well. Actually. Oh, he looks great. He's, he's a fabulous. handsome guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, it wasn't, it was, what was the, oh, I should know this. What was the tour before Innocence and Experience? I could probably check my notes. Uh, All right, I have it too. So. <laughs> Let's see, there might have been, ver- no, was it Vertigo? Or? 360 was before that. Okay, well, maybe it was a Vertical tour because that would have been uh, at the Fleet Center. I, sh- I, I, sh- I shook Edge's hand. <laughs> I, I, uh, actually, it might have been elevation because I, I was waiting into the pit uh, area or the GA seats, and he was coming in, and I ran over to him, and I stopped right in front of me, and I just put my hand on and shook his hands, and, and I think I thanked him for the great music, and he That's just awesome. went his way. But uh, I, they're used to it. I think they still enjoy it. And you two ended the main set on June 28, with another showstopper, which we were treated to last week, Gloria, which I never get tired of. And I was so thrilled because, as you as you know, uh, I think that was the fifth song of that night, and that was the only place on the set list where there's any wiggle room to change songs right. because the technical aspect of the show and the fact that it was Gloria because some of the songs that they've been putting in there Good songs, but to hear Gloria, never get sick of, sick of that. And arguably the encore on June 28th, 83, to me, was even better than the main set. You had Trash, Trampoline, and The Party Girl, a B-side to the single, A Celebration. And if you recall, you weren't one of the girls that mobbed them, were you? No, no. <laughs> I wish, you know, way too shy back then. Uh, but uh, Bartle was mobbed by a gaggle of girls on stage, including one that I've been trying to track down, who I know used to be a local girl, an ecstatic female fan who handcuffed herself to Bartle's leather boot. Uh, and what do you remember of that? Uh, do you remember that incident at all? I do. It was uh, it was pretty wild. Again, <laughs> that was just part of the experience of that night. That was just pretty crazy. Yeah. It was. Um, it, it left a like I can't believe I'm at this show. Impression, really, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Now Barnum was so amused by the whole ordeal, and play he playfully said, "In any other city, there would have been a riot by now." And uh, a few years back, you two was. Uh, it might have been for No Lines uh, album. They were doing some promotion. I think they did a show in Somerville. It was one of those albums. You two was asked if there was a favorite fan on stage moment of the band, and Larry responded that there was when a girl made her way on stage and handcuffed herself to Bono's leg. But he wrongly said it happened at the Paradise in Boston. It definitely happened in Worcester. And not missing a beat, Bono quipped, that's how I met the missus. So... <laughs> And uh, you two ended the encore with the band's second single, which I would love to hear again, 11 O'Clock TikTok, followed by Drowning Man, another great cut from the war. I Will Fall, 
and then what became the signature for the longest time. Yeah, 40. 40. I miss that. I wait for that every show. You know, it's like, come on, this is a this is a tradition here. Yeah. You're supposed to end with 40. <laughs> especially, in, yeah. especially in the Boston area. Yeah. Especially for, in Massachusetts. For a while, fans would just sing it anyway, even if well, they were Well, I mean, it. if you rec- – I, I, I remember – 40 going on for a long time after they went off Absolutely. the stage and we were hoping i mean they pretty they pretty much played most everything they had <laughs> i mean uh they played uh uh six tracks from boy seven tracks from war three tracks from october one single and one b-side and um and I and I personally love the U two albums before the Joshua Tree, the first four, and wish they played more than. And on the latest tour, as you probably remember, they only they only played uh, five from the first four studio albums, and none from Joshua Tree, which rightfully so because they played the whole album the entire in its entirety the year before. So uh, I, I I won't take much more of your time, but. Uh, you've seen uh, 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 Experience and Innocence twice now so, or three times? So I've seen um, the in this tour, I've seen it twice. And you're going to see it a third time. And I'm going to see it a third time. And I actually am going to see it a fourth time because... Where are you going? Dublin. This is you're going like, to Dublin? I'm going to Dublin. I, this is like, you know, the bucket list. You have to see you two in Dublin. Oh, I'm envious of you. When is that happening? So November 9th. So exciting. November 9th. Yeah. They, they actually, the last tour, they were really disappointed. Joshua Tree, they could only get one date in Dublin. Yeah. I tried to get tickets for that. was not able Impossible. to. And um, they, it's frustrating for them because there's limits on how many shows and some of the venues that can be done per year in the venue they were at. Oh, really? Last year, I think it was Croke Park. They only do three shows a year, and they had two other gigs already booked. With oh, so it's X. not that they can't accommodate. The magnitude of the show. It's no, those they, the, they restrictions. Like, yeah, they have restrictions on the number of shows. So they, I think, have five or six states in Ireland, a couple in wow. Belfast, and four in Dublin. Have you ever been to Dublin before? A couple of years ago, I went in search of you two, of course, while I was there. <laughs> I think they were out of the country when I was there, but had some fun trying to find them, actually. Um, but yeah, November 9th, I'm so excited. So I'm halfway through what the tour. What day is store. that? It's a Friday night. If I, if I on a whim go, will you buy me a Guinness? I will buy you a Guinness. <laughs> we'll, we'll go to we'll go to U2's bar, the Clarence, yeah. in Dublin, That'd and be so uh, fun. We'll have, wouldn't that be a blast? You have to let me know if you do and be um, and and you're not Irish. Oh, I am. Oh, you're yeah, Irish. I am Irish, part Irish. Yeah. Okay, not that we're yeah. making a. Oh, uh, that would be so much fun. Oh, and uh, now if you ever met Bond, uh, I'm gathering Bond is your favorite. Yeah, I love Bono. You love them all. I love them all, but yeah, I have a soft spot for Bono. Yeah. It's true. I also try to cut my hair like Bono and dress like Bono and yeah. act like Bono. And yeah. I don't know if I try to act like Bono. That's. Uh, I, I've never had the chance to meet them. I mean, that's like the ultimate dream for me. And even, you know, it's funny when I was fantasizing about the whole Beach House thing. Yeah. I said, well, you know, of course I'd love them to sing, but I honestly don't care if they even sing. I would like to just hang out with well, them. Well, you just love to have a beer and yeah. just talk about anything. Like, anything. Like anything they wanted to talk ah. about. 
I, I have a lot of uh, U2 related dreams. I don't remember many dreams, but <laughs> I have had a lot of U2 related dreams. I've had my few. And uh, in almost all of them, Bono's singing to me. Some oh, he's singing to you? Yeah, it's great. What song says Bono's singing to you in your dreams? Um, magnificent is one of them. Oh. Like, I think he wrote that song for me, Craig. Personally. I think so, too. Yeah. I think, I think you're did. magnificent. And I think he, you know, I think he wrote Mofo for me, but that's I, okay. I, I, think he, <laughs> I think that, you know, he needs to sing that to me sometime, personally. Oh. So. And he probably hasn't sung that for a while, if he's sung I, it at all. No, has, not since the 360 tour. Yeah. I'm trying. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. So if you met him, what would you say? Would you thank him or would yeah, you hug I, I think, him? Would yeah, you? I, I probably would thank them for just being my musical Ugh. inspiration. Like, I love music. I go to a lot of live music shows. But going to a U2 show for me is like a friend said this last week. It's like a national holiday for not right. just me, my family as well. I mean, everything stops. I take the days off from work, um, stayed in the city last weekend um, after the shows. You could go out afterwards and just have a really great time, <laughs> and which is pretty phenomenal. We actually went um, to an Irish pub. No yes, surprise I in saw Boston, the pictures, right? yeah. You know? And um, we're at an Irish pub. Thursday night was relatively quiet. Right. Friday night, the place was packed. And the second we walked in, it was nonstop singing <laughs> U2 music by the whole bar. It was amazing. And it was just, that's like the kind of fun experience. It's not just the show. It's the anticipation right. of the show. It's hanging out. It's meeting other fans. Um, over the years, I have taken so many pictures with other U2 fans <laughs> at concerts that are really into it, so excited to be there. And it's fun to hear, like, what shows have you been to? Right. People travel from all over the world. It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. There's been a few times where I've had an extra ticket that I had to get rid of the last minute, and you got people from Germany there. <laughs> it's like, what, you flew in from Germany without having a ticket for the show? Yeah. And, yeah, it's amazing. And one thing... I know U2 fans love the camaraderie of other U2 fans, but another thing we like is getting people converted to become U2 fans. Absolutely. Have you have you converted a lot of people to like U2, or yeah. have you brought them into the fold? Well, or? I think part of it is you know talking to people now who say, oh, I love U2, and then they talk about the Joshua Tree. Yeah. And I say, okay, they have produced several albums since the Joshua yeah. Tree. And I know there are a lot of fans, probably not like you, who think their best work was you know decades ago, maybe. But no, I, I love their new music. I, I think I have been a pretty faithful fan. So I always try to tell people, you know, listen to their new stuff. It's different. They're a different band now than they yeah. were 40 oh, years ago. And so their messages are different, still very near and dear to them. They still sing about what they're passionate about. The um, Innocence and Experience album are very personal to them oh. and are it's yeah. like a story i think that you two wrote their story through these albums right. and what i've loved about the shows is the video screen in the in that center screen oh the, that the visuals were amazing the, tells the story along with the music yeah i mean him going cedarwood lane yeah. going back to his old neighborhood yeah, cedarwood road to listen road, to it on sorry. the album i didn't like it doesn't as work much. When you see the visual that goes with that, now I can't get that song. Oh out of no, my head. it's amazing! And uh, I, what was the song that they had? I think it was actually his son playing the young Bono, sitting in the room with all the punk rock posters. Oh, was it song for someone where he's it singing been, about yeah. meeting Allie? Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that show, the Innocence and Experience, back in Ju uh, July of 2015. Um, 
it was a tough show for me. I, I reviewed it for the paper, and it was shortly after my mom passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, days after my mom passed, and I actually I pushed. I I was responsible in pushing her funeral back a few days because I knew she would have loved me reviewing mm-hmm. the show. I don't want to get choked up, and. So I don't know. Go. Uh, it was tough because you know it, it was an emotional show. It was. I mean, Bottles talking about uh, most mom. of the songs were about his mother, Mama Iris dying when yeah. he was fourteen. Yeah. And I think I even tweeted. It's like Bono, you know. <laughs> we we both, you know. I, I I know I tweeted something that night about the fact that you know yeah. I lost my mom. I think I actually asked him to dedicate a song to my mom. It didn't happen, but but my. His mother mother was Iris, mm-hmm. named after a flower, right? Right. And my mom's rose, so oh, in a sense, uh, a rosemary. That's an so. awesome connection. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, and the sh- and uh, new album, Blackout, best song. Um, I love Blackout, but you know, I actually like some of the ballads on it. So I okay. like the little things. Yeah. Um, it, and probably that was the first song I think I heard from the album. I love um, 13, which is how they ended the show. Right. It's a little weird to end the show that way because it's so mellow. Yeah. But, you know, it's a great song, but it's it's mellow. Um, what else do I love on the album? I, re- I really like all of it. Yeah. Um, I like Summer of Love. Like, we're never going right. to hear that yeah, in concert. Gonna, it's a different, gonna, you know, it's a different song. But um, I really enjoy that. Yeah. And. Um, get out of your own way became an anthem for me this summer. Oh. Like this year, um, I had a lot of things, a lot of busy stuff going on in my life, and so I I listen to to music all the time, right? So whether it's the radio, <laughs> whether it's a CD in my yeah. car, whether it's from my iPod, whatever it is, and um, that song kept coming on in the playlist. Right when I was like thinking about something personal, like contemplating something or whatever and that became like a mantra for me get out of your own way in fact that song inspired me to get the tickets to see them in dublin like stop thinking about it yeah, just let's do, do it. it let's do it get out of your own yeah. way girl and do it so <laughs> so i love that song so, so you and your personal. hubby going he's going he's not going to the show he can't resist going to ireland but i'm going with um my cousin and my two sisters, we, the oh, four great. of us go to a lot of live shows together. So <laughs> we're going to have a great time. Well, so yeah, you're having a good U2 summer. It's awesome. And you're going to have a good U2 fall. Yeah. U2 uh, started summer for us, Craig. And the first day of summer, U2 kicked off the right, summer for us. Right, right. I, I, I was going to make a reference to that. And, uh, just, I was going to make a, a little cutesy reference in my review. And I just had so much to say and went to the wayside. What you said was awesome. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, well, I would like to thank my very special guest, uh, Patty Riando Ellis, for sharing some good YouTube memories with us. And you've been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. Culture Watch. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. We'll be back with another exciting new episode next week. Thank you and good night. <laughs>